Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Full Court Press presented by the Craft Factory. Uh, it's your host, Riley, for the day here. Our good friend Pierre is out. He had a uh, family um, situation pop up, and uh, we're praying for him, and we'll be seeing him next week. He's one of the best in the biz, one of the nicest guys we know, and uh, we're all thinking about you, Pierre. Uh, Matt, how are we doing today? Got a usual suspect with me today. Matt, how are we thinking? Man, I'm so good. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> LeBron, AD, it's a good day. Fantastic. And, of course, uh, we brought in our good buddy Brian uh, in from uh, the Reformed Hooligans podcast, uh, one of the better podcasts around. If you haven't heard it, check it out. Uh, Brian, how are we doing today? Uh, we're good. You know, a little uh, battle in the COVID, you know, quarantine time, of course. But, you know, it's been an interesting week. For the NBA offseason, I mean, Matt has every right to be happy, and we'll go over why. <laughs> we'll go over why. Well, honestly, hey, let's just hop right into that, Matt. Uh, so, basically, the Los Angeles Lakers defending champions, after having a pretty amazing offseason thus far and replacing pieces, as we've discussed, uh, like they have, they did what they had to do, and they re-signed LeBron James to a two-year, $85 billion deal. Uh, <laughs> so good on him. And also the, uh, uh, AD just resigned today, this morning to the Supermax over five years. Uh, what do you think, Matt, about the locking those two down for the next couple of seasons, especially, and then also just getting AD for a full five years? Well, usually you don't see that with guys like LeBron at his age. Um, but it's great because LeBron has been playing just like LeBron does. And so he, as long as he stays healthy and it, it's great, I mean, you have LeBron, the best player in the NBA yeah. for that long. It's great. And then AD, who is still young in his prime, locking him in for that five years is huge, especially if you think about a post-LeBron Lakers um, that's still going to leave AD on the books and hopefully attract a new star free agent uh, when LeBron moves on. As he should, for sure. Uh, Brian, as a Celtics fan, how do you react to this news? I mean, not really a surprise. I mean, I'm surprised that AD signed the max this early because I think he could probably make another $45 million in the long run if he waited, what is it, like 26 months or something like that? Mm -hmm. I think I read that somewhere. Because I always read into the whole financial times part of it because sure, the yeah. money is always fascinating. But I think for AD, knowing his history, and I mean, let's, let's be fair here, even Lakers fans would agree, his health history has left a bit of a, has left a little bit of uncertainty. But again, taking care of him now is better for the long run, especially if there is possible talks of a Kyle Kuzma extension as well. So it looks like the Lakers, with Schroeder and some of the other pieces that they brought in, have been able to actually – can I say that they're better than last year? Because I think they're better. Oh, absolutely yeah. they're better. Yeah, no, I'm a actually... big fan of Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder is one of those guys, when he played for the Hawks – I think Riley can mention this because I think Riley and I have had chats about this. Schroeder's the one guy that I go, he just goes off against. Every time he played Boston, he always went off against us. He hated Rondo. He hated IT. He hated Kyrie. He just went off against us all the freaking time. It didn't matter if you put Marcus Smart on him. You could have put LeBron James on him. He would have found, in, in a Boston uniform. He would have found a way to put thirty on us that night. You so, know, I, I I agree with you, Brent. I, what I what I've seen from that is that Schroeder's that kind of cat where. He nobody really likes him, you know, like like people on his team like him for sure, but opponents really don't like him and he doesn't like them. And he tends to play up. He plays better against the greater teams. He understands who people who guys on the other side think less of him, basically like, oh, he's not anything compared to me. And then he goes at those guys 100 um, percent. And that's something you want on a championship team, especially a defending championship team. Uh, to, to bring him in like that, if you're losing Rondo to have a guy with that same uh, chip on his shoulder, 
uh, that he's just going to go start some shit with anybody, like with everybody on the court, and then go get you 20 if you need it. Uh, that's something the Lakers needed to retain, but also they needed that extra 20 points a game if necessary. Yeah, his last his last season on the Hawks, didn't he make the All-Star team or he was on the cusp of it? The cusp he was – he was – I think he was an All-Star alternate. Yeah, yeah like he was close. Was. He was really close. Oh, he was really yeah. close. Okay. I knew he was like – he either got it or he was right there from getting it. Bodenhauser loved him. Mike Bodenhauser always spoke very highly of him. Despite the fact you'd be annoyed with him while coaching him in the games, he loved him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. You got to love players like that. Not, not as annoyed as he was with Eric Bledsoe last year in the playoffs. But no, and uh, thank goodness uh, he, he is, has rid himself of Eric Bledsoe. And uh, I'm sure Jordan Alexander would agree with us as well, our good buddy Jordan. I'm sure he would agree yeah. that getting Bledsoe out of there uh, is addition by subtraction for sure. Uh, Schroeder's career proje- uh, trajectory at this point could very well be like Drew Holiday. Yeah, honestly, yes. Yeah, it's a little more offensive leaning uh, instead of the defensive leaning that Drew brings. Right. But, you know, I totally agree with you. It's that guy that you want on a team that is that is good, a team that has championship aspirations. You want guys that bring the skills that he brings, but also that mental that he brings is really key. And it's something, that, like I said, we're losing Rondo. is something you needed to retain somehow, and uh, and they did. They just found the uh, the German version, and it all works out. I just, I, I just love that dude. He doesn't give a flying crap about anybody when he plays. No, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It really is. I have a lot of, I have a lot of respect for Dennis Schroeder. Um, I thought another team that had an interesting offseason. Uh, speaking of Pierre, and shout out to Pierre, uh, is the Houston Rockets. I thought for, I mean, obviously, other than this trade for John Wall, because I'm on the train. Obviously, that game seven a couple years ago against Boston. Bradley Beal bailed John Wall out. Now, I don't know if you guys saw the graphs that I um, put up there, the the scoring charts, but John Wall really does not tend to show up in big games. No. So how how frustrated will James Harden be by, like, 35 games into the season when John Wall is jacking up, like, threes off the back iron? What's weird to me is that, apparently, from what I've heard, is that Harden requested it. Like, Harden wanted Wall there. So I don't know if it's a matter of he just thinks Wall will, you know, vibe with him better or or whatever. But I mean, I, I don't I don't understand the trade. It's, for me, it was a real lateral move for Houston, um, if not a worse one. I mean, it's more of a riskier lateral move. I thought it was um, worse. Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's yeah because it's literally you're you're getting a guy. You're pretty much trading a guy like Westbrook, who is as established as he is, or a guy in Wall who pre-injury this deal would make a lot more sense. But you lose, you know, you mess up your Achilles, you're out that long. I mean, it's a question mark as to if they're going to be the same guy, especially because Wall's uh, a lot of his game is predicated on that on that burst and that quickness. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I hope right. the best for him. I really do. But I just don't, especially if we're talking attitudes, guys. If we're talking. You know, like the uh, I think there was a tweet that was something like we're like, you know, the Rockets, uh, they, they make this trade and the Rockets are like, you know, good luck. Yeah, you too to the Wizards. You know what I mean? Like where it's like you're just trading two guys who are disgruntled point guards who can't shoot that well, uh, who are who don't play that great in big games. And you're you're just, I mean, for I mean, if you're the if you're the Wizards, it's fine. Wizards get Westbrook. That's great. You know, they can pair him with Beal. And now Beal actually has a star that's healthy to play with him again. Uh, they re-signed Bertans. They got uh, Denny in the in the draft. Like I think that they, I think they've set themselves up to be a little to give be a little more help and have a little Thomas more. Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant could Bryant. have a big season mm-hmm. on the tip on the pick and roll. True that. Yeah. No, true that. I mean, so you have that. I mean, yeah. For the Rockets, I just don't quite understand it a ton. Uh, Matt, what I mean, are your I like every on? other move they made too. That's the same. Yeah, I, yeah. I was confused because 
I just thought you were going to go in. If you were to trade Westbrook, you're going into a rebuild kind of mode, and, and they were going to press reset. Um, but I guess they're given one last shot before they do that, maybe. I just don't think John Wall is the answer. We haven't seen him play in nearly healthy in nearly, what, two years? Um, well, literally since the Christmas of 2017, really, because – well, actually, so that IT series when they lost to Boston – it was that next. It was that next December that he tore his ACL on the left side. Yeah, but then he ruptured the right Achilles. I think a uh, like, what was it? Nineteen games back. Yeah, it was real soon after. Yeah, so we so have, like we have this a- dude's like the modern day Bernard King. This is just depressing. And like, yeah. that's literally what that is. I was never a huge fan of John Wall's planes. Like he he like Riley said perfectly. He relies so much on speed and athleticism as a part of his game. He's not a really good shooter or anything. And so it is, I think we're not going to see the same. I hope the best. I hope they do. But it's just an interesting trade. I thought they could have done something else. Yeah, so something about Waller that I am interested to see is I want to see if, you know, when guys are out that long, though, all you can do is shoot, right? Like not jumpers, but all you can do is set shoot, you know, set shots, you know, and try to uh, work on just the form of things. I mean, maybe in that amount of time, who knows how his shot looks now. If his shot is improved, then obviously I think we can all agree that skews a little bit to the positive. If, I mean, if he can if he can show that he can, you know, hit for 40% from three or something like that, then that's a much bigger deal, um, even if he loses a half a step off the Achilles injury. Uh, so, yeah, I hope I hope they make that work. But, yeah, it was one of those moves where I, I, I'm not joking. When I read it, I laughed. <laughs> I was like, Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, like that's. I mean, sure. here's someone that he can emulate. If you look at Gordon Hayward last year in Boston, when he took over that um, ball distributor role, kind of the ball handling roles, mm-hmm. when um, Kemba hit the bench, I think John Wall should look at that and say, you know what, I'm way more athletic than Gordon, even on no knees. So I should be able to at least emulate what he was able to do. Now, granted, Houston's probably not as talented, but at the same time. I think Houston actually will be able to create some offense because James Harden will always draw penetration. And, I mean, who's to say people won't respect John Wallet either? And never mind Christian Woods dominant around the rim. Like, yeah. that's that, – they haven't had that since Capella. That's an underrated That's an underrated pickup for the year I've been looking at a lot is that yep. Christian Wood going to Houston and people are going to downplay that as maybe, you know, like they didn't – like if you ask some people, they're going to – they didn't make a lot of huge moves outside of this wall trade. But signing Christian Wood the way they did, then they're just going to let him play and actually just let him loose – that's going to be a great thing for them. They're going to they're going to have something they haven't seen in a minute, and it's going to be a big that can like really score and like wants to score. Yeah, the um, interesting thing too that people aren't talking about is John Wall is now playing in the West, um, so he's going to be going against like the Jamal Murray's, Chris Paul, LeBron is probably going to be playing up, but whoever is at the point guard, so he's going to be going against some some big competition at that point guard spot in the West, as we saw the Wizards trying to climb into the play. They almost climbed into the playoffs this last year um, in that kind of weaker, lower seed of the East. Yeah, without Wall or Westbrook. So it's like now that he at least – now at least Beal just has somebody. You know what I mean? Like like last year we talked about how he was, just felt like he was on his own island. He wasn't getting the credit he needed, all these things. And getting Westbrook immediately gives him some credibility as far as if he puts up the same numbers – uh, and he gets a few more wins, he's going to start getting the all-star nods that he wants. He's start getting the uh, NBA, all-NBA teams that he wants, things like that. So, yeah, yeah I, think I think it's, it's better a, for the Wizards because at least you're yeah, getting sure. somebody healthy. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, and Russell Westbrook, one thing we know about him is that, you know, obviously when he has a chip on his shoulder, he, you know, he goes 
100%. Whether that's in control, we don't know. <laughs> but he's at least going to give you – he's going to have a major chip on his sh- shoulder that Houston would think they could just get rid of him like they did. So, yeah, Where, I mean – I mean, the Wizards, this Wizards team, um, I, I, I think we can all probably agree they'll at least make the playoffs, mm-hmm. even if it's that eighth seed. But what seed do you see them? Six to eight, depending. You know, I think I think that's safe at least. I mean, if if Westbrook and Beal click, if Bertans fits in like he had been, Danny, things like that, Brian, Danny. like you mentioned, Brian. Well, I'll tell you this: I think that the Wizards can get to the sixth seed. Um, Scott Brooks has history with Russell Westbrook already, so mm-hmm. that's not unfamiliar. That was probably more of a reason the Washington move was preferred. I had him. not even thought about that, Brian. You're really right. And, I had not even yeah, thought about that. Yeah, and that's crazy. And never mind the fact I I, I go back to this a lot, but. If they go into the playoffs and get deep into a series, uh, considering that the last time they were in a semifinals, they had no bench. And Bradley Beal literally, if it wasn't for Kelly Olynyk having like the magic 11 minutes of his life, uh, Bradley Beal would have probably stolen the show the way that Jamal Murray did this year against mm-hmm. the Clippers. Because that guy had 35 second half points in that game against the Celtics. Bradley Beal literally almost gave me a heart attack that night. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a lot of respect for Brad. I think Beal... I think he I think he really wants to play in Washington long term. I mean, if you look at that roster, Troy Brown is an incredible athlete. They got to mm-hmm. find a way to get him, you know, integrated. I like Rui. We already mentioned Thomas Bryant. Yeah, Denny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I said, like they have talent there, and I think with Brooks, like Brooks knows how to win with with Russ, and I don't think really he had that two guard that can really. Sh- and my cousin actually, Je- my cousin Jeff and I had this conversation. I don't think he had the shoot. Russell Westbrook's never had really a shooter next to him in his entire career the way that Beal is. No, very so true. So I think that's another element. Like, obviously, yeah, and obviously when you say that, like, obviously Harden can shoot, but the idea that he is able to – Beal is a guy that you can just kick it to and he's not going to then dribble around. Like, he's going to hit the open jumper as opposed to, you know, try to wait till someone gets to him, then play off them, and then try to take them one on one. Like it's plus all be... that athleticism yeah. can get above the rim. So we're gonna see. Like I mean, DC. I think that's gonna be an entertaining team for sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I think like bo- that's a box team. office squad. And also Westbrook's Wizards. That just kind of rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. But, so, yeah. but one thing Rockets fans are excited about is the John Wall Demarcus Cousins reunion. Yeah, that's another reunion. Dude, I saw somebody say that if they Dougie, they're going to uh, delete their NBA app. Yeah. Which would be great. I would love that so much. But, yeah, I mean, think about that. I mean, that's something we didn't even mention. DeMarcus Cousins on that team with Christian Wood. I mean, they have they have two bigs now in, in Cousins and Wood who look to score. And like, like we've said, in the last few years under D'Antoni, that was – they had, had nothing even remotely like that on the roster. So to see them be able to have some guys that where they can actually one through five can get a can get a bucket that like, will help that team out so much. And it honestly will take some pressure off of Harden to do to have to do, you know, to score 35, 40 a game or they don't win. He could score 28 or 30. You know what I mean? Something like that. And they're a better team because of it. Um he can, chance are he's taking less bad shots. Hopefully he's less one on one, goes up the pick and roll a little more. And uh, yeah, I mean, the Rockets are not in a bad spot. I'll say that they're not in a bad spot. It's interesting, and it's very, it's very volatile basically because of injuries and personalities. But um, they, I'm both sides, the Wizards and the Rockets, I think are in much. Well, Wizards are more positive, but the Rockets are definitely still very interesting. So yeah, that's a, I, I, it, it was just a wild trade to see. I, I read that a couple times 
thinking that it was a joke. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because I see Instagram all the time. We scroll on Instagram or something and someone will pop up like, oh, this trade happened. It's like, and the account is something that's like, obviously like fake trades or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that was definitely interesting. A crazy one to see. Yeah. And I don't put too, too much weight into this. I know a lot of Rockets fans were excited about this first round protected pick. I don't put a lot of weight into that because it can easily become two future second round picks. It could be. It's very protected. It's very protected. (laughs) I'm not putting a lot of weight into that. I know some guys in the, in the group, some rocket fans were very excited about that piece. Um, But to me, that's not, that's not anything much. No, it's not an order Thorpe trade where you're going to end up getting a top three pick six years later. Yeah, no, it's not going to be that. Ask shout me, out to Otis Thorpe, though. <laughs> yeah, shout out to That's your dog was saying they put about 100 padlocks on that thing, uh, <laughs> and it's not going anywhere. Um, guys, another uh, something interesting to discuss is we're talking Westbrook. His former teammate, Paul George, uh, recently uh, got on a podcast. I believe it was Matt Barnes and uh, Steven Jackson's podcast, um, and basically said that they their failure to adjust uh, cost the Clippers last year, and it led to their three one collapse. Um, like, what do we think about? What do we think about the idea? That sounds George like Do- sounds like a Doc Rivers team. I had flashbacks to the two thousand nine Eastern Conference semifinals as Paul George was saying that, and Matt Barnes had the same face that I was making while listening to Paul George talk. So it seemed like Matt and I had like an unspoken like connection there of like yeah we know doc is 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 just not like i mean do we want to talk about the time that orlando literally was up 20 in game two with tracy mcgrady and then they end up losing the next three games in the first round too i mean doc's whole career can be summarized as not making adjustments which is such a wild thing it's such a wild thing that somebody would not be able to do that i mean especially a coach who's been coaching just a long time Coaching is is making adjustments. Yeah, I don't – I mean, leaning on talent like they did. And people said that Doc, you know, he's been leaning on that one title for a long time. And we're starting to understand, I think, that that's true, which is why when he got hired by Philly, I said, well, enjoy it, guys. Like, enjoy it, Philly, because, you know – Well, Philly, Philly already blew the process up with a nuclear bomb by, yeah. by like – trading for Tobias Harris and Mark trading Markel Fultz away, like trading for Markel Fultz. Like Philly's already like Moving Jimmy was, was a huge, huge thing too. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah the, so, the, so basically when I realized that doc rivers is going to go lead that thing, I laughed to myself and said, well, that's going to continue to be a circus. Uh, <laughs> that's not going <laughs> to like, there's gonna be a lot of in another year. So we're going to see Joel Embiid forces trade out of there. I think, uh, I don't know. I, I have some faith in Philly this year. I like them. I think I think they're going to be good. Yeah, no, I'd say I like how they're built, but I'm saying like I've liked how they've been built like a cut out of the you know two of the last three years basically, and then when it comes down to the playoffs, they fall apart. And I'm saying the idea now that you're going to add a guy like Doc, who you know a, a team that's basically never quite gotten over that hump, you're going to get him involved, and then he's going to do what he did in, with the Clippers. Uh, I think it's a it's a dangerous game. But hey, something I want to ask is so. How much of this do we atone to Paul George being honest about uh, Doc's adjustments, and how much of it is him deflecting from him and Kawhi a little bit? We saw uh, quotes come out, and everyone kind of assumes it's Montrez Harrell out the door, uh, just kind of saying, Green. yeah, yeah, just kind of basically saying that they were not that. Like, obviously, Paul George and 
uh, Kawhi were able to mess with practice times. And obviously we know Kawhi lived in San Diego, so he was uh, late for some team flights that they would adjust those flights for him, things like that. Um, how much of this, how, like, give me a percentage, like a, you know, 50, 50, 60, 40 situation of how much of the Clippers failure last year was on the Paul George Kawhi situation versus Doc's coaching, uh, inability to, uh, to make adjustments coaching. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a half and half. I think, I think there was some deflection, um, because they put the Clippers on paper last year, put together, I thought one of the best teams, the best team uh, in the NBA as a Lakers fan, I was worried. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was the team you were worried about for sure the most. Yeah, throughout the, throughout the whole really, season, really good. And so I think some of it was deflection. Um, I think yes, I would say half and half. Okay, okay, Matt what, or uh, uh, Brian, what do you think about that? See, I think this is all like, I think this is just an organizational thing mm-hmm. with the Clippers. I feel like Balmer now Balmer's fantastic. He set this up wonderful. But and I think that if you're if for the New York Mets fans as uh, as well with Cohen just buying the Mets, this is something to keep an eye on as well because he literally just put up a list of what free agents his fans want. And I think when you try to bring in a bunch of stars, and as a soccer fan, I see this all the time because obviously, like you could have star-studded teams and yet they just don't work. Mm-hmm. So like the Clippers, yeah, I mean like the Celtics a couple years ago, right? I think, yeah, you can put a bunch, and even the Philly with Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler to a lesser extent, because I think that would have worked had Kawhi not hit that shot. Yeah. But you can't just build, put two star players together and expect the whole thing to work. And I think that's really the toughest thing to argue. Now, unlike Boston's situation with Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, where they were not prepared to play together, I think Kawhi and Paul George thought, oh, no, we got this. And I think, you know, to the regular season, it did look like, you know, they were kind of like coasting along. They were kind of like, you know what, we're good. We're going to handle our business. But then when the playoffs came and they played Denver, and I think what happened is they're an experienced team Mm -hmm. and those young guns outran them. They got outrun. Yeah. And they were making adjustments. Uh, You know, we saw them make adjustments. So they had for. Yeah, it's such an odd thing. The only thing I saw for George where I looked at him and went, oh, come on, man, was he said that uh, he was on an island a lot. He wasn't uh, getting a lot of pick and rolls like he used to. And then someone pulled up stats on that, and, like, he apparently had the highest percentage of pick and rolls per possession for him. Yeah, you shot and he's like had his, like, entire career or something. Pick and rolls. It's yeah. like, dude, so it's like, you know, him saying that. So there's certain things about it where, like you said, Matt, I think 50-50 is a pretty fair estimate to that. Um, yeah, because it's – I think I think that's a situation. That, I don't think the Clippers – Doc leaving is going to help, but then Paul George is going to look in a mirror. If this happens again and they don't get over the hump because of uh, him playing so poorly, and he was obviously a huge part of why they – not the whole reason, but a huge part of why they uh, they did so poorly at the end of last year. Uh, you know, Accountability is going to need to be held by him at a certain point if it doesn't I get I mean, better. Paul George got Jeremy Grant paid by the Pistons. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, he, he got him 60 M's. Jeremy Grant should write a check to Paul George. Yeah, just a small little deal, you know, maybe just a, you know, a, a case of wine or And Tory Craig too. Tory Craig, yeah. I mean, literally to a lesser these extent. guys these guys, yeah, these guys definitely got paid because they stopped Paul George. Uh so good for them. I mean, we love to see we love to see NBA players making money around here, but yeah, Paul George is uh yeah, I don't know. There's something about him I just don't I don't know. I'm a big, I'm a big uh, mental guy. So it's like watching how guys talk, how they act and how, what they say. And he's one of those guys. I'm just looking, I just look at him and go, man, I don't trust you. I 
don't I, I don't I don't trust that you're going to be accountable. I don't, I don't know. There's something about him that like if I were a coach on like trying to get championship pieces, I would avoid him. Yep, same same. I would here. avoid him. He's very talented. I'm not taking that away from him. He's a very talented player both ways. When he wants to be defensively, he was an animal last year at certain points. But yeah, there's just something about him I just don't trust. And I'm sorry, but if you're building an NBA team, plus two, they still have Kawhi or they still have Lou, and they still have. Is Lou, wait, is Lou was he under contract with them still? Lou's the uh, Lou Williams, yeah. yeah. For now, yeah, he's under contract. Were, yeah. There were about eight or nine teams that called. Asking if Lou Williams were available. Yeah, so apparently, I mean, and if they wanted to get rid of him, they could have. Such a team-friendly deal. I, I would not be surprised if every team in the NBA called them because he's still on that, like, eight eight or $9 million deal. Yeah, so Devin, having him and um, and Pat Bev still on the team, I mean, it was obvious that they were very vocal as well, like Harold was, about what was going on in that locker room. So I just want to see if with a new coach, new atmosphere, does that change up? Does that calm down? I mean, Clippers fans are going to say it's a Rich Paul collusion, but of course. But most things are. Most things are, Brian, as we're seeing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I mean, basketball is turning into soccer with the agents. It's, it's, it's kind of it's crazy. Nuts, man. I mean, t- the, the fact that we saw Anthony Davis, LeBron, KCP, Trez all get paid by the Lakers is wild. Like I mean, I wonder if Palinka's getting like a bonus check or something. You know he is. You know, oh come on, like a corrupt judge. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's money we'd never see, but it's like, hey man, go down to the marina. There's a there's a you know there's a there's a, a freaking boat down there for you, man. Check it out. Hey, I'll take it. They're all great players. They're all they're all they're all good. Oh yeah, hey, but, Matt, Matt, how would you, you feel to about a Kuzma for? extension though? Um, I want Kuzma to get traded. I think the only good thing about a Kuzma extension is that you can trade him and take on some more money. See, I like that idea too. But yeah. At what cost does it seem too much? Because this was the argument with Marcus Smart a couple of years ago, and then getting him at $12 million a year, and now he's well outplayed that contract. So you don't want to underpay him to the point where he gets kind of grimy on the third contract, like we saw with some restricted free agents that end up making the move the next time out, like Gordon Hayward in Utah, or Lou Williams when he originally left what was a Philly or Atlanta at the time when they tried to extend him, but then he didn't like their offer, so he bolted. Uh, I know Shane Battier was like that with the Grizzlies too. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys that like the young players, I feel like with Kuzma though, like what can you get for Kyle Kuzma and what else you have on that roster? I guess that's kind of the main question. Yeah, it's really about are you going to get the value back I mean, Kuzma, even though you want him traded, he has value. And the yeah. idea – and I mean, he has a lot of value as a start. What's helping him a lot on this trade value idea is that the numbers of him uh, when he started games were uh, were really good. So I think the idea that like a team that w- wants to see him in a starting role looks at those numbers, you might get even more than what you wanted. But like you said, what they were looking for would be interesting. Yeah. Can you package him together and try and get Aaron Gordon? From Orlando. Well, is Danny Ainge going to use that trade exception? Because I know Orlando would probably say yes to that. Exactly. That's what I knew we were going to have time to get into that with you. Oh, as you a know we're getting into Danny Ainge. So, Seeing as I've been the biggest Aaron Gordon <laughs> stand since the 2014 draft. You have, dude. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen you back him up. I've seen you back him up a lot, actually. So as the Lakers, I don't know. Does that entice Orlando to add a young, a younger forward in there? Um, I guess it depends how much they believe in that core, though. Yeah, because they have Vucevic, who's such a such a plotting guy. I mean, to have Kuzma at the four as the stretch four there, that would be interesting for sure. 
uh, pair him with uh, do have him and uh, Cole Anthony hang out. I'm sure that would be a very interesting combo. Just individual <laughs> one. Um, a lot of cool shoes, a lot of Instagram pictures for that. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, Kardashians probably hanging out or around the facilities. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't I think, think there's a way we can get DeRozan. I know that was talked about. Um, I don't think you can pack. See, I'd rather keep Kuzma than get DeRozan. Really, DeRozan to me, everything that you said was said about Paul George. I felt about DeRozan from like the get go. But if you have DeRozan being your your third third or fourth guy on the team, he's not a one. He's not your two. He's your third or fourth guy. You know, you know, Matt. Here, here's the thing, because we've talked about this a little bit too, and I've been really adamant about it, with that deal that you would trade Kuzma for DeRozan. You would do it. But the more I'm looking at how the roster is built now for L.A., because Braun and Davis are such large figures, the idea that they still got uh, – they have Schroeder now who can score 20 a game if need be. They have a few guys now who can get better buckets than the last than the last year's team, can get more buckets in a string here. I think that DeRozan wouldn't be the best fit like he, like he was before. I do, like, I do think you got to get rid of Kuzma, but not for DeRozan. It'd have to be something else. If you're going to get, like, a sh- if any guard is out there, I mean, if Oladipo were to continue, how- if Oladipo's around, I think he's the best option for the Lakers. Defensively, yeah. defensively, I think he's exactly what would work. That's the hard part. It's can he get him? Can he give up KCP, Kuzma, and something else? Well, is Indiana going to have a choice? Because, I mean, they were begging Boston to have Gordon Hayward. They were low-key, like, they didn't want to trade T.J. Warren, which I get it, okay? That was the deal-breaker in the trade. I don't blame them, especially since they literally stole him from Phoenix. Yeah, he's Indiana's but, white knight. Of course they wanted Gordon Hayward. Like, he's the, he's the prodigal son. Yeah, I mean, the reason they brought, <laughs> but the reason they brought Oladipo back to Indiana was to sell tickets. Yeah. And that was a big reason. The reason they wanted Gordon Hayward was to, I mean, Conseco Fieldhouse, I don't, it's not even called that anymore, but I will always call it Conseco Fieldhouse. But Indiana, like, they need, they always play well with a primary ball handler. And what if, like, LeBron has to miss 25 games at the age of 38? Like, this is something that the Lakers have to play along. DeRozan doesn't really move the needle for me. But Oladipo has proven that he can handle ball handling duties. He can defend as well as any guard of his caliber, considering the injuries that he's had. Yeah. And at the same time, like... I mean, I know that his playoff performances don't really stand out, but like at the same time, I mean, but the also second best player on his team is Miles Turner, who got absolutely smoked. Yeah, by, yeah. Uh, 60% I, I, I think I think he plays a lot better in the playoffs if he's the third, fourth guy. Third what, guy, what really. Would you, what would you do? Would you do Kuzma, KCP, and Caruso for Oladipo? Indiana would love Caruso. They love him, dude. If you if you're a white guy. And you play basketball well, <laughs> Indiana's going to be stoked to have you. And yeah, we but saw- Caruso, but Caruso could probably remind Pacers fans of Jamal Tinsley. And I've seen Lakers fans on Twitter actually compare to Tinsley when Caruso was just getting big. Like they need a point guard. Yeah, it'd be interesting for sure. I, I think I think it would break Caruso's heart to get him out from under LeBron's wing like that. But I think that uh, he would. I would definitely boost him up in his career for sure. Um, yeah, I like the idea of Oladipo going back to him. I think that that would be a great call. I just think you got to get Kuzma off the roster eventually because last year, like there were just times. I mean, because obviously it wasn't a, it wasn't an easy go to the to the title. It was not easy. You know, there were a lot of uh, game, a lot of things where people doubted the Lakers even up until the you know in the finals. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, and and he was a big part of that for me. Kuzma's 
uh, inability to just seemingly take it seriously sometimes. <laughs> like he'd be doing mm-hmm. things sometimes. I just, I just didn't think he was even taking it seriously. I and sidebar, Oladipo is an expiring contract this year. Yeah, so that could make it an easier deal for the Lakers. Oh man, yeah, that would be nice. I think that'd be really good. I think if you guys could get an Oladipo, that'd be worth it. Oh, well, we can get if we have Schroeder, Oladipo, LeBron, AD, and Trez. I mean, if Danny Ainge was trying to swindle Victor Oladipo in a trade for Gordon Hayward, and Indiana almost literally submitted. It was Turner and Oladipo for Hayward, right? I think it was Oladipo straight up. Yeah, and then it became According to Steve Bolpit or Turner and Warren, which Ainge did not like Miles Turner. He was trying to move Miles Turner to another team, but there was no interest. Oh, the things that I read, and you probably had better sources, but what I read, it it was Turner and McDermott for Hayward and they didn't want McDermott. They wanted either that was Planet. They yeah. wanted either Oladipo or Warren with Turner. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely that it was Oladipo straight up or the uh or Turner and uh, and the Warren. And it's yeah, I mean the idea that the Dange or Dan Danny Ainge, I'll call him Dange from now on. Hey, let's call him Dane. He should uh, be Dange. Danger. <laughs> danger. Negative on the bottom of your shoe or <laughs> IT shoe or something like that. Anyways, uh, but no, he is uh, – yeah, I mean, he, he technically just kind of blew that. I mean, do, Brian, what did they end up getting from Charlotte? Wasn't it a couple seconds? 29 rounders? million. Oh, yeah, of course. 29 million and two second rounders. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. so I like the trade exception, especially for Charlotte, because if I had to watch Cody Zeller play for the freaking Celtics, I was oh. going to lose my mind. Man. I would rather play Daniel Tice at center for yeah. 95 games in you a should. season than you watch should. Cody Zeller play for one freaking game. Now, yeah. I know he's better than Tyler, his brother, but like at least Tyler showed up every game and played hard. Cody doesn't even play hard. Yeah, that's not it, man. Zeller's not the move. I, when I heard that, when I heard that the Zeller might be going there, I Brian, you're the first person I thought of. And I was like, Brian would hate that. <laughs> like, there's no way he's down with that at all. We uh, went from now Abe now Abe's if Abe's listening, like we went from possibly going from Steven Adams to Miles Turner, where I didn't like Miles Turner either, but I take Miles Turner. I take it. To Andre Drummond, who Andre Drummond has deep New England ties. Um, having being from Connecticut and all, yeah. so I would have liked Andre Drummond. Drummond's a baller, right? He's going to put effort on the on the boards, kind of like Al Jefferson. And right? he would be on yeah. expiring deal, right? And he'd stay in Boston. Yeah, he'd want to stay, yeah, dude. And he'd stay. And then and we'd still Cody have Tristan Zeller. Thompson. And we'd still have Tristan Thompson. So like, uh, and then we go to Cody Zeller. But I'm glad we have the 29 million now. I'd rather have that. What do you What do you want to see happen with that 29 million? You want Aaron Gordon? I want Aaron Gordon. Or, um, yeah, actually, that's kind of who I want. Because I think Aaron Gordon is somebody that Danny Ainge has treasured. And that was the word that we heard in the Sports Hub building at that time, too, was treasured. Because he looked at Aaron Gordon the same way he looked at Jalen Brown when he drafted him in 2016. And when he drafted Jalen Brown, he was like, this is the player I missed out on in Gordon. Now, Brown's much better than Gordon. Even if, even in college, I would take college Brown over college Gordon, too. Mm-hmm. But I think with Aaron Gordon, if he actually is playing 15, 18 feet from the basket, um, I think Gordon's fantastic. But I also think in an offense where ball motion and ball movement is the priority, and seeing as he's very well dynamic, I mean, I think it works. Plus, with Daniel Tice and Tristan Thompson and Robert Williams at the three big spots, it could pretty much be a four round one in the traditional sense, which is what Brad Stevens kind of always wanted. Yeah, I, it goes I think, back to what we had with Horford. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Celtics are in a are in a solid spot here. It's just is and just needs to use it correctly because I think that's the funniest part to me in the last week or two 
that's come out is that you're hearing these whispers now, like around the league where Ainge went from kind of having that, you know, um, I don't know, like the evil genius type vibe to him when it came to being his, being the GM. And it kind of has shifted to people whispering that he isn't. And that, he, you know, he's lost people and that, you know, guys don't always want to play there because of uh, the IT situation. Which you know, you know, you guys know me. Uh, that has been something right. I've been harping about for you know since since the dawn of time. So uh, it is kind of nice to see him get exposed a little bit. For your sake, Brian, I hope that he uses this correctly, and Abe's sake too. I hope that he uses this uh, exception correctly because I mean, we've seen GMs and owners get dragged for this for generations. I mean, mm-hmm. Pat Riley got dragged after LeBron left, and he got Jimmy Butler. True that. True that. He did. Sam Presti. Sam Presti got dragged for the way he treated James Harden. And Sam Presti ended up. Now he's everyone's. He's like the new age of 2014. He is. Presti's yeah. Like everyone's darling. That's very again. true. Yeah, that's very true. And then true. Mark Cuban. I mean, Mark Cuban literally insulted DeAndre Jordan for going back to the Clippers, and now they have Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic. Like, I mean, I get it. Ainge is probably on more in the Mark Cuban realm than the Presti and Maury realm. But at the same time, if Mark Cuban and all those guys can recover, and Dallas can. And Dallas, obviously, is a very similar type of environment that Boston is. It's not really a desirable location, but it is a place where basketball has, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely an attraction. But at the same time, like the Mavericks, the Celtics are not the biggest show in town. So that might actually be the biggest reason why. Um, but again, like, I think the biggest reason people don't want to play in Boston is the simple old school reasons nobody wants to play there. I think basketball players are just talking about Ainge because the business side is the part they can control. Well, it was so funny so, to me, honestly, watching. We are just joking about Indiana liking white guys. It's funny that when it comes to, like, Boston and Indiana fighting over who gets Gordon Hayward, like, I was laughing at that so hard. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, it's like two white guys I never fighting wanted over a jar Hayward of mayonnaise, either. you know? And I never wanted Gordon Hayward. I wanted Paul Millsap. Yes, I remember. Yeah, no, for sure. Cool. And now I want to play this domino effect here. If Paul Millsap had signed with the Celtics, I guarantee you they go to back-to-back NBA Finals. Really? Because I think Millsap would have been able to control Tristan Thompson's rebounding the way that he did with Harrell and uh, Marcus Morris in the, in the finals in the, in the series against the Clippers. Like, Millsap in that series against the Clippers proved exactly why Ainge should have signed him and not. And actually, Ainge tried to sign him this offseason. He Before did, he went yeah. back to Denver. In fact, I would have given Millsap one year $20 million. I, I wouldn't have cared. Yeah. I would have made it work because, I mean, Millsap and Horford were once the most efficient uh, front court in the league. Yeah, it's very true. People forget about that. They were all-stars together. That was a great so, hawk. But also, so here's the deal, too, is that, guys, uh, you know, to wrap up the Celtics thing here is that I, when uh, I'm hearing a lot that IT is getting healthier and healthier, and you keep hearing it from everybody. It's not. It's all over Instagram, all over Twitter, guys. If you listen, there everyone's whispering that it is ready to go, and he's feeling like Boston healthy, like before the the drag of the hip came into play. Uh, I hope someone signs him, and if he gets a chance, like a real chance, not a not a Lakers getting him, and then they let him go. The you know he's on, sitting on the Denver bench. He's on a you know sitting on the end of a of a Wizards bench. If he gets a real role on a team, I will forgive Danny Ainge and Boston in general. That whole fan base, Brian, not you, obviously. I love you, Brian. But I will forgive Danny Ainge for his for his uh, his horrible doings. So hopefully that Where happens sooner than later. Anywhere. Literally anywhere, Matt. It does not matter. I know matter. you say that, but where can you – I know a good spot for him. How about Miami? Miami would be Riley, great. Pat Riley, the way he handled Alonzo Mourning's uh, kidney issue mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. You forget about that, he, yeah. 
I mean, Riley gets a lot of crap for the way he dealt with LeBron James, but I think it was more so because Pat Riley realized that LeBron did to him what he did to the Lakers. And I know mm-hmm. that old school Lakers fans <laughs> can have a nice yeah. laugh about that. That's so funny. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Because Pat Riley can't act like the Don Shula basketball no. and pretend like he wins everything. But at the same time, you know, Pat Riley, I think if you look at that medical staff in Miami, they're very well-renowned. Yeah. That's a great medical staff. That That's a t- that's a staff that I've heard that gets a lot of credit around the league. Yeah, they're because, the, I mean, they're look the at Udonis East, uh, Haslam. Well, the dude well, looks like he could still play another 50 games. This yeah, year, they're the East Coast needed. version of uh, Phoenix's, uh, Phoenix's training staff. Yeah, with a little more success, though. But yeah. A little more. Yeah. Actually, so... They kept Grant Hill moving, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, look at Goran Dragic. All the injuries yeah. he's had, he still looks very productive. Yeah, and they re-signed him, which is nuts. I yeah. still That's still uh, crazy to me. I assume... I didn't see that coming. No, I think anytime we talked Miami's next season, it was always that he was out. So, And I'm glad for him, too, because hopefully they can try to run it back a little bit because he got hit to miss the finals. You know that? Guy, he's a competitive guy. You know he wanted that. Um, hey, and speak- I think Miami is in a golden position because if Miami were to struggle out the gate after 30 games, at least for whatever reason, say if they go like 18 and 12 or like 16 and 14, I'm not saying they're going to fall that far. Maybe 18 mm-hmm. and 12 is probably a fairer comparison. Um, they could easily just make one move and not cripple any of that core. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's a, really a lot of to. flexibility there. A lot of flexibility now. They have a lot of guys that can play a lot of different roles for them. So, yeah, they definitely have a lot they could do. Uh, hey, speaking of a uh, uh, a move that is making ripples, uh, Lavar Ball once upon a time said that he was going to have his three sons in the NBA, and we all laughed at him to an extent. Some people believed in him, some people did not. And then, of course, and of course, Lonzo gets there. Wow! And then Jello goes to China. He goes to China, and in China, he steals some sunglasses, and it all falls apart. Uh, and then, you know, flash forward, you know, we see Mello go off, he gets drafted. And now in the last couple of days, uh, Jello has signed a non-guaranteed one-year deal with the Detroit Pistons. Therefore, at least for the time being, bringing LeVar's, um, a prediction to fruition. <laughs> can, can I tell you, this is the most Detroit Pistons thing to do. Dude, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Especially <laughs> for the off season wow. Detroit just had. Like, how do you top off what they just did this offseason? Sign Jello. <laughs> that is literally mad. That you could not have uh, could not have said it better. That is exactly what I thought. I was like, they're like man, Jeremy Grant. Man. He's related to Horace Grant, so he might be yeah, like he's Horace good. Grant. You know, <laughs> Kill, killing and Hayes. He's got the word "kill" in there. Maybe the instinct kicks in as well. Who knows? Like that's. I feel like that's how they're doing it. Who needs Christian Wood when we can go <laughs> sign these guys? Yeah, so there. I mean, the the idea, and I, it's Plumley. been noted too. Probably over Wood. My mind is still blown. Yeah, the fact and they like Detroit walk. actually, guys. So yeah. I don't know if you saw Ben Gordon's whole thing. Ben Gordon sat down on a podcast. Now I have a soft spot for Ben Gordon. Yeah, same. That UConn squad, obviously, as someone that did never like Syracuse, with the exception of the Mellow team. Mm-hmm. Um, as most New Englanders will admit also, because none of us really like Syracuse unless you went there. So Ben Gordon said in an interview, his biggest regret of his career was playing for the Detroit Pistons. And then there was a Twitter comment right under that, and he goes, isn't that everybody post, uh, post like, 2008? So, like, I thought that was crazy. I mean, Detroit's probably, like, the worst-run NBA team right now. Yeah, I mean, they really ignored I've I've seen stories on Ben Gordon talking about his mental health. And, and he struggled a lot with it in the past. He's had some manic episodes, things like that. Uh, and, and, you know, those things are very tough to deal with at times. And from what you could, from what I could tell Detroit 
really did not give him any sort of help with that. He was, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, he's yeah, he was calling. He was calling Jim Calhoun at two o'clock in the morning yeah. after Connecticut's long road games, and Kevin Ollie too, mind yeah. you, who was a former teammate of his at one point. Yeah, so, he was struggling, man, it, and it's yeah, tough. To I mean, it, got, it got worse when he got to Charlotte, I believe, when he was there, because uh, Okafor there. Yeah, if Okafor had stayed in Charlotte. Um, when Gordon got there, I wonder if it would have been a little better because they were really close when they were UConn. They were roommates. But with Ben, I always feel like he's someone that he needed. He was always like happy to be a part of a, a, a productive group. But I always feel like individually he never – it sounded like he never felt comfortable in his own skin. No, he definitely needed – well, he needed that kind of repetition and that kind of camaraderie, you know, because otherwise he yeah. was in his own head a lot. And I think that that's a dangerous thing when you have no one to really, uh, to, you know, to really discuss that with and to get help from. So the idea that the Pistons kind of let that fester the way they did doesn't speak very highly of them, but no, to, to, for them to sign Shella was lit, I, literally the cherry on top, you know? And of course, for all of us that understand how NBA deals work and whatnot, I mean, a non-guaranteed one-year deal usually means you're getting cut at the end of training camp, something like that. But the idea that I mean, also I don't want to take away from Jello the fact that he got there because we're talking about a guy who didn't play any sort of college ball, really. You know what I mean? Like, not really. No. You know what I mean? Got no good tape out there. Did something egregious. Uh, is already the son of uh, of one of the most you know like volatile, somewhat hated figures around Basically the NBA. Basically, Eric Lindros' dad of the NBA. Yeah, for sure. It's to understand that he has gotten the trust of an NBA team, of any NBA team, to give him a real shot is a big deal. Because, you know, that's uh, – he obviously had a lot to prove. With with um, Lonzo and Melo, those guys had talent from the jump. They put it on tape. We saw it. For him, it was really hard to do. Uh, and when it was, it was pretty limited. So I was really happy. I'm happy for him. And, hey, I would love to see him make a roster. I mean, as a wing – I mean, as a wing player in today's NBA, if you're not like an eight and a half out of ten athlete, you're kind of screwed. I mean, yeah. Harrison Barnes is a good example of that too. Yeah, it's a yeah, great example of that. Yeah, so I mean, I think we can all agree that we hope that he is um, in a better spot for sure, basically, or at least that he can get a spot out of that. It'd be wild. It'd be, the thing is, too, is that it'd be a very pissing thing to do for them to give him a roster spot. So you know, I mean, we've we've heard them say they're trying to sell tickets, right? So, I mean, that's something they've been, they've been very vocal about that. And you want to sell tickets, you put a ball brother on your team. So that's, I mean, they could have, they could just go to the two Michigan colleges and grab like a couple of their guys. I'm sure the locals would buy tickets. I'm sure. Yeah. You're very right about that too. Um, Hey fellas, before we get out of here, one thing I just wanted to bring up real quick is that the NBA and the players association, they announced um, last night that there were 48 positive tests for COVID-19 out of the 546 players tested uh, from November 24th to November 30th. Basically, that was just an initial round of them all getting back into their markets um, and everything. Apparently, there was – what was it? In the same type of deal when it came to the bubble, uh, it was 16 out of uh, 302 before the bubble was really established. So, obviously, this is just preliminary. And if they can get that number down and they can keep those guys healthy – I mean, it's tougher when you're not in a bubble. But do you guys think that the that COVID's going to be – um, a kind of issue like it is with players, uh, leagues that haven't had a bubble like the MLB and the NFL. Do you think the NBA is going to struggle similarly, or do you think that they might use some of the protocols that they use in Orlando around the rest of the country to hopefully keep the test down? I, I think they will uh, struggle a little bit because you're not in a bubble. Um, but I heard an interesting take on another uh, podcast, and they said you can you can offer the NBA players um, an extra bonus. a game or whatever. 
uh, on road games and you can put like that police caution tape or something on the door. And if they open the door outside of their hotel and they break the tape open, you just don't get the bonus or whatever. But if you successfully just stay in your hotel room for the night, um, it, then you get an extra bonus each game. I mean, and I don't it, know. It was, a, yeah. it was an interesting thought because I never thought of that. It was just an interesting take. I mean, yeah. I thought the NBA and the NHL like uh, both did excellent with the way that they handled mm-hmm. uh, the COVID during their end of their seasons. Now, Marcus Smart in a press conference today when Tristan Thompson got introduced with the Celtics, he said that, you know, the NBA has handled it about as well as it could and that a lot of the play- everyone that's in the league, every player believes in the league. And that they're looking out in the best interest of the players. So if the players in the league are on the same page, then I don't think it's really going to be much of a problem. I think if, if whatever happens, it, it'll be dealt with. It's not like the NFL where we're going to have like fourth string quarterbacks, you know, going. From the yeah. We don't need sports, a Denver so. Broncos situation at all. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think, it, I think that the, there'll be a couple positive tests here and there because it's, it's really hard not to right now, especially because it's spiking too. I mean, it was dying down a little bit when uh, the bubble was created it's now spiking again. So I think that it will be a little bit more of an issue um, than it was. But I think the NBA, like they did before, I think they will do a good job of making sure these guys uh, – I think the numbers will be significantly less, basically, than the NFL. I don't think we're going to see – and it's more important because, I mean, on NFL rosters, you have a whole a whole other ball game as far as the size of the roster and the amount of players you can use. And NBA the rosters, the they get wiped too, out yeah. pretty quick. So you got to be more careful yeah. for sure. And now the last thing we'll mention with this is because now what if certain states decide to lock down like California, mm-hmm. for example, what if they decide to say, well, you're going to have to play elsewhere. So the Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, Kings, whatever, they may be forced to play in other states. Yeah, like a Raptors situation. I call Vegas. Vegas would be easy. Uh, also, there's a little city called Seattle. The PNW. Seattle. Bring a team see, I would love. See, I would love to see the Warriors and the Kings get Seattle, and then the two LA teams going to Vegas. That would be perfect. It'd be ideal. Be the case. It's good to know that there are cities that that could facilitate that if need be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hit. Sorry, man. Go ahead. Finish up. No, I said, yep. That sounds. That would be a great plan. Yeah, that would be ideal. Hopefully, they can figure that out because obviously, we don't want to see any crazy interruptions. As, as for NFL fans, I'm sure it's been. Just I think we would see Riley at a few uh, Warriors games if that happened. If I like would it. actually, actually, when they came up, remember the Warriors played a quick game up here. They played a preseason game, and KD wore the wore the jersey and everything, the Sonics jersey, and it was a fun thing. I actually couldn't go to that. I couldn't get off work randomly. I had to, I could not leave, basically, and so I couldn't go, and I was so bummed about that, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, eventually, it, it's just nice. The more you can bring attention to basketball in Seattle, the better. And so, yeah, if a team wants to come up here and play, hopefully they don't have to, but if they have to, you know I'm down for it. Um, guys, what a great episode. Brian, thank you for coming on. Um, per usual, you guys, check him out. Reform Hooligans podcast. It's fantastic. Um, any last words, fellas? Matt? Good to go? Trade, trade Kuzma. Bring us trade all Kuzma. In- Hashtag trade Kuzma. Get him out of here. Um, yeah, and Danny, if you screw up that trade exception, the Patriots fans are coming for you. Coming for you, baby. <laughs> coming I'm for not you. even saying the Celtics fans because the Green Teamers will probably pull a narrative out of their ass. They'll the figure family. it out. But the Patriots fans are gonna. The Patriots slash Bruins fans are gonna. They're angry, them. man. They got Cam Newton because right they now, get mad angry. at the Bruins. They get mad at the Bruins for every little thing. Imagine what they're gonna do to him. Oh, definitely, Danny Ainge, watch out. And it, I hope you get signed very soon. Uh, for the Full Core Press, um, yeah, you guys just have a wonderful evening, all right? Uh, and later. Oh.